Um, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the, Lord, in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks, Craig. It would be really helpful if you can have Psalm 23 open in front of you there in your own Bible. It is actually also printed inside the newsletter. If you open it up on the inside right-hand side, you can see it there. And so it's only obviously one short page and you can have that open as we look at it together. But let's, um, let's pray again, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do ask that this morning you will remind us of your goodness and your love that will follow us all the days of our lives, that you'll help us to know and to trust that you are the Good Shepherd uh, with whom we lack nothing, that as a result and as we look towards the year ahead, 2023, that we will be people who uh, do trust entirely in you for all things. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a psalm, Psalm 23, that I suspect needs no introduction, that for many of us uh, it's well-known, well-loved, perhaps even memorised by some of us. And even if you're not familiar with it, I'm sure that you can just hear how it it resonates with us instantly, doesn't it? It, it? It seems to me quite remarkable that something written 3,000 years ago uh, just instantly resonates with our hearts and with our lives. This is the word of God to us as it was to every generation in the last 3,000 years. And it seemed to me what a wonderful way to begin the year together by reflecting on Psalm 23. Uh, I was tempted almost just to read through the psalm slowly, line by line, 20 times for 20 minutes so that we could savour each morsel that is in each line together. And that would be worthwhile, and I encourage you to do that yourself later on today. But we are going to spend some time reflecting together on this psalm and the precious truths that we see here. And so we're just going to dive really straight into it and verse 1. And if you've got it there in front of you, you can see, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. King David, who wrote this psalm, as you can see from the heading, he knew a thing or two about shepherds and shepherding. He was himself a shepherd. He spent many uh, hot days and cold nights looking after his father's sheep. He, he, he knew about shepherding. And I, you may have heard before that shepherds in ancient Israel, in fact, even in modern Israel, is quite different from the kind of shepherding that perhaps we're more accustomed to here in Australia where we have thousands of sheep being herded around on big sheep stations by motorbikes and and horses and even helicopters sometimes. But in ancient Israel, shepherding was much more like looking after the family pet than that sort of big commercial operation that we're familiar with. When I say familiar with, I see it on TV. I don't know anything about shepherding myself personally. But to begin with, in shepherding that David knew was far more personal 
than the kind of sheep stations we're used to, usually a smaller flock of sheep. And what the shepherd would do was he would lead the sheep to where the green grass was so that they could feed. And he would protect the sheep from danger. The sheep were entirely dependent on their shepherd to provide for them and to protect them. And so David knows what it is to be a shepherd, but now he sees himself not as the shepherd, but as the sheep. And he sees that God, the Lord, is his shepherd. And what it does is it fills him with such confidence. He says, with the Lord as my shepherd, I lack nothing. Well, that's clearly not true, right? I mean, did David get the latest iPhone for Christmas? I didn't get the latest iPhone for Christmas. There's plenty of things that I lack. And there were plenty of things that David lacked, but his confidence in God, his ability to say I lack nothing, doesn't come from looking at what he has or what he doesn't have. It comes from looking at who he has. He has the Lord as his shepherd, and that's what makes the difference. That's why he can say that he lacks nothing. That is, he knows that God's wisdom to know what he needs and God's power to do what he needs is absolute, is perfect. And so he doesn't need to be anxious or to worry or to second guess that somehow God has got it wrong in his life, that somehow God has taken him to the wrong pastures where there is not green grass or where things are not safe for him. He doesn't need to worry that the shepherd has kind of looked the other way and something unexpected has happened because the Lord is his shepherd who is in control of all things. And so I lack nothing is not an evaluation of what I have. It's a statement of trust in the one he has as his shepherd. He provides everything that I need. That's the life of someone who has the Lord as their shepherd. And so I wonder, can you say these words along with David? Because God is my shepherd, my provider, my protector. Because of that, I lack nothing. That's the goal, really, of our reflection today, I think, as we look at this psalm, to help us to know this truth, to help us to believe, to trust this truth. But having said that, this psalm is not firstly about my faith in God or about your faith in God. I've heard it said that this psalm is an expression of perfect faith, and it is a wonderfully confident expression of trust in God, but actually that's not what it is first and foremost. It's not about my perfect faith. It's about the perfect faithfulness of God, the one who I can actually put my trust in, the one who is worthy of my trust, my faith. And so, just to demonstrate that, have a look down with me at the psalm. Have a look at how this is all about God, that he is the subject of this psalm and the reasons why we can trust him. Have a look from verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me. Verse 4, you are with me. Verse 5, you prepare a table for me. You anoint my head with oil. Your goodness and love will follow me. This psalm is not about me and my faith. It's about the faithfulness, the trustworthiness of God 
that we can put our trust in him, that we can put our faith in him. And so my hope, as I said, as we dwell deeply in the truths of God and what he is like towards us, that we will know what this psalmist knows, that we will be able to say these words along with him. And so after that headline statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, we go on to see what this actually looks like in verse 2. And verse 2 has that beautiful, that picturesque language of the goodness of having God as our shepherd. Have a look at what it says in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. Now, what a beautiful image, huh? It makes me think of lying by a stream on a warm summer's day in the shade of a tree as the kind of mottled sunlight filters through closed eyes. You know that, that feeling when the, the sun is kind of uh, just breaking through the leaves as, as they're gently drifting in the, in the wind and, and hearing the, the soft trickle of the stream as it, as it flows nearby. It's such a beautiful image of peace and calmness, of security and comfort, of rest. But it's also an image that is clearly meant for sheep, right? This is what sheep need. They need green grass and waters that they can drink deeply from. This is God providing what his sheep need. And, of course, that includes material provision. We need food and water to live, and God is the one who provides those things, just like he provides them for the animals, There's a reason why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us today our daily bread. We rely on God for our daily bread each day, as much as we think that it comes from the shops. No, our food comes from God. He's the one who provides for us. And and later on it says in the psalm, you prepare a table for me. My cup overflows. I have what I need. But as I said, this is presented for us in the imagery of sheep and shepherd. A sheep needs food and water, but we need more than that, don't we? We don't just need food and water to survive. And verse 3 goes on to say what more God provides. Have a look at verse 3. He refreshes my soul. Again, what beautiful and welcome words. The stuff of life is so much more than just food and drink to to survive. And these are welcome words for a parched soul, for for a broken soul. There is a place of refreshing for your soul, like a cool drink by a stream on a warm summer's day. And that place of refreshing is the Lord. Some translations say, He restores my soul or he returns my soul to himself. That is, wherever your soul is, broken, withered, lost, or just flat and uninspired, the place of refreshing for your soul is with the Lord. The place of restoration is with the Lord. Just like your body needs water, your soul needs the Lord and to draw near to him. And most significantly, we can draw near to God in repentance 
and know the restoration of our soul that comes from complete forgiveness. Know the welcome back to God from, of forgiveness. And maybe as we think about kind of the recent past, maybe over the, the Christmas week uh, that has been, something has happened at a Christmas party, we've said something, we've done something that we just wish we could undo, wish we could take back, but we can't. Or maybe it's a bit longer term than that. Maybe it's over the past year, 2022, or even many years ago, that has left you feeling dry in soul, a parched soul, anguished of soul. If that's you, then this is such welcome words. Turn to the Lord and find the refreshing and restoration of your soul that he provides. But even if there's not something that's particularly causing anguish in your soul, this is such wonderful news for all of us, that the Lord refreshes your soul. How how could you not want to drink deeply from that stream of refreshment? And the way that we do that, the way that we drink from that stream, is hearing his words to us, his good and precious promises to us, and even his commands Back just a page in my Bible, Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. It is God's words to us, God's promises to us, God's even his commands to us that refresh our soul. And surely that should mean for us that of all the the New Year's resolutions that we might have ticking around in our minds or even written down, surely at the top of that list should be an intention in 2023 to drink deeply from the words of God and to draw near to him in prayer, knowing that this is where true refreshment is found. Whether we're feeling it or not, whether we feel that it is refreshing to our soul, this is a wonderful invitation to draw near to God. This is where refreshment is found, in the presence of God, in drinking deeply from the truths that he promises us in meditating on those promises of God and in seeking him out in prayer. And, as we see in the the rest of the verse, in following his ways, that actually there is refreshment found in following God's ways. Have a look at at the end of the verse there. He guides me on the right paths for his name's sake. See, refreshment is found in living God's way. More literally, actually, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. That is not just the right path, as in God will help me to make a a, a good decision that will work out the best for me, you know, that, that, that I want, but what God wants for me is to choose the path of righteousness. That is, to do what is right, So often I think when we think of God guiding us or God leading us, we think, well, God, I want you to help me to make a good decision that will produce the outcome that I'm looking for in this situation. So we come to a fork in the road in life, so to speak, a a significant decision to make. Maybe it's a, a job prospect or a relationship, whether to pursue or not, a financial decision, some big choice in life. And because we want to trust God, we want to ask God, well, which one should I take, God, left or right? Which one will give me the, the outcome that I want, the security, the comfort, that, the happiness that I want? 
It's kind of like God is my Google Maps. You know, you put in the destination and you hit go and he provides the, the route, the direction that I should take. But that's actually not what trusting God's guidance looks like. No, the right path is simply the path of righteousness, the path of godliness. Let God worry about the destination. Just do the right thing in the moment. You know, what sheep ever turned to the shepherd and said, look, I know where the green grass is. You, know, you just find the best route there. I'll, I know where I want to end up. That's not what the sheep says to the shepherd. No, the path that God wants you to take is the path of righteousness. In the goodness of your actions and of your motives, in the godliness of your character, your kindness, your love, your mercy, your generosity, your commitment to the things of his kingdom, the things that bring glory and honour to him for his name's sake, it says there. The choices that are best in line with that, that is the right path that he leads us on. And not just things that are for my own comfort or for my own glory. And you can see that that's the case in the very next verse, in verse 4, that it's not just about trusting God in the good life, so to speak, or in the green pastures, as he says, for the sheep. This confidence in God as your shepherd is even in the bad times, even in the dark valleys. Look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Of course, if it's up to me, I'm not going to choose the path that goes through the dark valley. That's not the path that I want. I want to live my life in the green pastures, by the, the stream, sitting in the mottled sunlight under the shade of the tree, enjoying the cool of the day. That's the destination and the path that I want. But David knows that even while he walks through the darkest valley, even then he lacks nothing. He doesn't need to fear any evil. Why? Because you are with me. Again, his confidence is in, not in what he has, but in who he has. That it's God is, who is with him. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff were two of the tools of trade of the shepherd. The, the, the rod is, is kind of like a club that the shepherd would use to defend the sheep against attackers, the wolves and the bears and so on. And the staff was more like the, the shepherd's crook that we're used to seeing in the, in the nativity scenes and so on, that the shepherd would use to guide and to control and to discipline and redirect the sheep. And both of these are a comfort to David. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because I think we like the idea, don't we, of being guarded from attack from the outside, from the, from the wolves of the world, so to speak. But perhaps less so when I'm the one who needs to be disciplined or prompted or goaded because I've gone off track. The book of Hebrews tells us no discipline seems pleasant at the time. That's true, isn't it? No discipline seems pleasant at the time. But it comes from a loving father who knows what we need. If we trust that God has our good in his heart, then we can be comforted even in the hard times. 
even in the dark times. The life of following the Good Shepherd is not a promise of health, wealth and prosperity in this life. There will be the dark valleys. There will be the enemies, as we see in a moment in verse 5. The promise and the comfort is that even in those dark valleys, you are with me. God's protection and provision is absolute and always there. And that those dark valleys are not the end of the journey. Even if they end in death, they are not the end of the journey. Which is why people often read this psalm at funerals. I'm sure you've been to a funeral where Psalm 23 has been read. The dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death, as it's often called, is not the end. Even those are part of the right paths that God leads us on, protecting and providing, disciplining and guiding, even in those dark valleys. That's the shepherd we can trust. Now in verse 5, the shepherd-sheep metaphor kind of gives way to a more literal expression of God's provision and protection. God as as a generous host who provides everything I need. He lays a a lavish table out for me, even in the presence of my enemies. Verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And this really brings together a lot of the ideas that the psalm has already said with regard to the sheep and shepherd, that God's provision is absolute. You prepare a table for me, It's like a a Christmas feast like no other. But it's also in the presence of my enemies. Again, that God's provision and protection doesn't remove us from the difficulties of life. No, he provides and protects us in the difficulties and the conflicts of life. And again in verse 6, the metaphor just completely falls away and we get an even clearer expression of the reason for trust and confidence in the beginning of verse 6. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. David is now looking forward to the rest of his life and he does not know what lies ahead in his life. We don't know what lies ahead. In in 2023, we're on day one of 2023. We don't know what lies ahead in our life, much less in 2023, much less in the rest of our life. And if the last few years have taught us anything, it's that we are not in control of our life and our world, right? We might think that we can control what happens next or we can make decisions about what we will do next, but the last few years have shown us that we are not in control We don't know what lies ahead, but we can know that God will never abandon us, that his goodness and his love will follow us all the days of our life. Even though the future is unknown, the company is not unknown. Even though the dark valleys are there, so is the goodness and love of God every step of the way. And finally, the future in this life is unknown, but the ultimate future is not unknown. The last part of verse 6, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
You might have noticed as you read the Old Testament uh, times before Jesus that there does tend to be a bit more of a this life focus on trusting the promises, the provision, the protection of God. But as you can see here, David still has eternity in his sights. Whatever happens here and now, that is our future destination if we trust the Lord as our shepherd. Dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Completely free from the presence of the enemies that he mentions in verse 5 and from the dark valleys that he mentions in verse 4. A life lived only by the green pastures and by the quiet waters with a lavish table set for us and a cup overflowing with goodness. That is what the good shepherd has in store for his sheep in the future. And those words, the good shepherd, are exactly what Jesus uses to describe himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. And in fact, in that one short phrase, Jesus claims the name of God, I am, that's the name of God, and the character of God, the good shepherd. And in the second half of his sentence, that's John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus tells us how he achieves his ultimate provision and protection for us. He says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. That's why we can say what David says in this psalm, because Jesus has laid down his life for us. That's the proof that God is with us and is for us no matter what. God has given the ultimate demonstration of his love, his absolute willingness to provide everything that we need, even up to life and death at the cost of his son. And he says that if he's done that for us, then surely there is nothing less than that, that he would hold back from us, that he wouldn't give us, that we need. That's the love that will follow us all the days of our life. That's his demonstration of love, and it's also the way that he has achieved what this psalm promises, because Jesus laid down his life for us. That's why our souls can be refreshed in God. That's why dark valleys are not the end. That's why our enemies cannot defeat us. That's why we will, draw, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, and we can draw near to him, because the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. Let me finish by asking again, is this the God that you trust in? Can you say with David this confident expression of trust in God because he is trustworthy? Will 2023 be a year that is marked by your trust in this good shepherd? Let's pray that it will. Heavenly Father, we do ask that you will fill us with a knowledge, with a confidence, with a trust of who you are as our Good Shepherd, that you provide and you protect, that you give us everything that we need. Father, please help us to know that whether we are in the green pastures or the dark valleys, that you are there with us and that you are for us and that your goodness and love will be with us all the days of our life. And Father, help us to look forward to that day when we will indeed 
dwell with you in the house of the Lord forever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.